How you doing? This is Yellow Tip. I'm your host, Morande Dixon. This one is truly a special one. First up, shout out to the producer Kev Cheng for edits and podcast management. Thank you, sir. This episode is installment number 18. 18 is special, especially if you are Kenyan, is when you become a grown-up. Well, you can now go partying. It's also a lucky number among the Jew. I bet you didn't know that horses have 18 pairs of ribs and 18 bones in their tails. Enough of 18 obsessions. Today's guest is Mr. Dark John Coleman. In this installment, we feature clips also from a webinar session held by the Lawyers Hub. Lawyers Hub is a community of lawyers in Africa promoting access to justice through innovation and technology. Any queries, suggestions, or if you are looking to partner with them, email them at info at lawyershub.co.ke. For more information, visit their website, lawyershub.org. Before we proceed any further, I have just one question. Do you really think unlimited data is truly unlimited? At the start of 2021, Safaricom announced changes to their home fiber product. They doubled their speeds, but there was introduction of a fair usage policy. Once you reach a certain usage limit for any of their packages, the speeds will be reduced for the remaining part of the subscription. So usually subscription will be a month long. So assuming you are on uh, a bronze package and you've reached a certain uh, the, the limit set, then your speeds will be reduced from 8 Mbps to 1 Mbps. This takes us back to the start of the pandemic with this breakdown. Safaricom have got their three, what is it, three or four yeah, packages, three, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So, so they're, they're bronze, and platinum, silver, yes. gold, and platinum, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So, yes. And their, their, their bronze package, when they launched, so mm-hmm. pre-COVID, was five mm-hmm. megabits per second. Yes. Unlimited. Yes. Isn't it for 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 mm-hmm. for twenty nine hundred bob? That's correct. So then, yeah. So then, during COVID, as a as a token of appreciation to facilitate working from home, etc., they doubled the speeds of all their packages. So the so the the bronze package went from five to ten megabits per second, and the silver package went from ten mm-hmm. to twenty megabits per second. Mm-hmm. Kept the price is the same, for which I am incredibly mm-hmm. grateful. Don't get me wrong. Because besides an entrepreneur, I'm also still a human being and a consumer. <laughs> yes, and I, I don't mind plugging, say, uh, our competitor. And, and in, in all fairness, we're not competing in Safari because I, I totally now understand, mm-hmm. say, home internet is a different kettle of fish than, uh, mm-hmm. than mobile internet. So it's a different use case altogether. Um, I've been working in the industry, as you know, for a long, long time. So we have this this joke, which is people snack on their mobile and dine on their TV. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. small screen is for snacking. Yeah. Big screen is for full dinner, yes. three course dinner. <laughs> um, so, so it's a completely different use case altogether. Mm-hmm. And um, and and again, so Safaricom Home Fiber goes into Lavington, Westie, and and then. Uh, South uh, South Sea and those areas. We mm-hmm. go in Kibera, Kawangware, Ungemi. So Ungemi, mm-hmm. uh, I think mm-hmm. is, the, is, the, is the proper Shang expression for Kangemi. Yes, <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> and, and, and your and your mta is uh, is Kibich. Kibich, number nine. 
so 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 we're we're not competing we're 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 almost complementary, I would argue. Yes. We, we both serve uh, a purpose and we so, both serve our own captive mm-hmm. audience, so to speak. Um, so, so Safaricom Home Fiber, their bronze package, previously five megabits per second, then during COVID went to mm-hmm. 10 megabits per second. People were, especially in the early days, so talking between April and August, so when the restrictions, the mm-hmm. curfew, etc., and the directives with regards to working from home were the strictest and most uh, restrictive. Um, that's when Safaricom Home Fiber jumped it up, bumped it up to 10 megabits per mm-hmm. second. Their bronze package, average consumption per month mm-hmm. was 200 gigabytes. Okay. So... 200 gigabytes. Now imagine, the so 4G user, 700 megabytes. Yes. Home internet, 200. the lowest package, yes. 200 gigabytes. That's that's almost 300 times as much. Yes. <clears throat> 300 times as much. So different ball game altogether. Mm-hmm. Since then, so since 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 the beginning of March, they have reduced the speed from 10 megabits per eight. second to 8 megabits per second. That's correct. And they have introduced this fair usage mm-hmm. policy. The fair usage policy for the bronze package is 500 gigabytes. That is two and a half times as much as the average consumption. Mm-hmm. Two and a half times. So that is, say, on a global level, that is very, very mm-hmm. generous. And this fair use policy there, so what the gentleman of, of Safaricom Home Fiber also mentioned, is this, it's under permanent review. So it's not something that they decide mm-hmm. once and it will be 500 gig until eternity. No, they will most likely, as most operators across the planet do, they will review on a quarterly basis or on a semi-annual basis, and they will see whether across that package, across the borrowed package, average consumption has increased, and they will adjust their fair usage policy accordingly mm-hmm. to facilitate the vast majority of the people. Because the FUP is designed, and that's... It's the tool for network operators across the planet to make sure that the majority of the people on that package actually can enjoy a good customer mm-hmm. experience. So it's not punitive, it's facilitating. It is to make sure that you deliver a good quality of service and therefore a good customer experience. Because irrespective of how you slice it and dice it, a network topology, a network structure, is a forked structure where you start at the top, which mm-hmm. is, say, in the Safaricom data center, it pipes towards the submarine cables, mm-hmm. you know, and, and from there you fork out your network across your different areas. But at, at any given point, at any given intersection, it is always a shared connection, and that's mm-hmm. what is called the contention ratio. Mm-hmm. So... Your pipe, you're still sharing with other people. It's not 100% end-to-end dedicated because if you make it 
end to end dedicated, the price will go up for the end consumer yeah. goes up. up. Yes. Let's assume for argument's sake that right now wholesale pricing and wholesale pricing for mm-hmm. internet, so from the internet supplies, because Safaricom doesn't produce mm-hmm. internet mm-hmm. themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Neither do we. We are we are a reseller. Yes. So we get the internet from third party. Um, because the internet, although the so the World Wide Web, although the icon is drawn as a cloud, it's not that you point your device towards the clouds and that's where you get the internet from. That's correct. Uh, in fact, the internet is the most the most wired uh, business on the planet. So it's not yes. wireless by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. And the internet is still, uh, by far and large, is uh, a whole bunch of uh, data centers, most mostly in the US and Europe, where mm-hmm. all these applications and all this content is hosted. Thankfully, mm-hmm. thankfully, more and more um, uh, content is is hosted locally, so there is therefore less latency and less dependency on all these expensive mm-hmm. uh, submarine cables. Mm-hmm. But Faricom, JTL, Airtel, ourselves, we all get our internet from upstream providers, mm-hmm. from, from, from wholesale internet suppliers. Yeah. Um, and in, in, in the case of Safaricom, I would argue they'll probably buy it directly from um, uh, Teams, Seacom, and all these submarine cables. Mm-hmm. So the, sub, the, 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 the submarine cable yeah. internet uh, providers. So let's, let's assume for argument's sake that they buy their internet dedicated mm-hmm. because they, mm-hmm. will, they will have dedicated internet being brought into their data center. Mm-hmm. And that the wholesale price is $10 per megabit per second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It used to be, so when we started um, our business in 2016, mm-hmm. um, we had to buy our internet for $100 per megabit per second. Okay. So when we provided our first public Wi-Fi hotspots, including mm-hmm. the one on top of, uh, on top of uh, Tunapanda in the, mm-hmm. uh, in the Pamoja FM uh, tower, Mm-hmm. Um, the internet that we bought was a hundred dollars per megabit per second, so that's Again. ten Gs. Mm-hmm. That's quite a lot. That's yes. quite a lot compared to right yes. now. It's only a so, thousand. So that that price has come down. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. that price has come down tremendously. Reasons being twofold: one, more and more competition; mm-hmm. two, it is the law of uh, Moore's law, where you know it becomes cheaper and cheaper over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because, of course, there is more and more consumption. So if if you, if you buy in you know, 10 megabits per second at a time or you buy mm-hmm. in 100 megabits per second at a time, um, you have more negotiation power, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I buy in bulk, I can negotiate better rates than when I buy small, small, mm-hmm. Kodoko. Mm-hmm. So if Safaricom buys it at $10 per megabits per second, um, would you be, and they also need to eat themselves because they need to provide their own infrastructure, mm-hmm. right? And that infrastructure, guess what? They will need to make, they want to you know, make that back. Mm-hmm. They want to make a coin. Mm-hmm. So um, if they were to price it $15 per megabits per second, so that means that if you have a dedicated um, connection into your house that only you can use all the way up to the uh, submarine cable, mm-hmm. Would you be willing to pay for five megabits per second? So their bronze package, seven and a half Gs. Wow, no, that that's quite. Uh, yeah, for most users. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. 
Mm. Exactly. So, so by doing this contention, by, by, by sharing these connections more upstream, mm-hmm. so not at the end user point, but they further down the stream, mm-hmm. by sharing it, by contending mm-hmm. it, you make it affordable for the majority of the people because not everyone will use the internet at the same mm-hmm. time. Unless, of course, there is, and that's, that's, that's where actually the rubber meets the road, where people resell their internet connection. So they get the branch package in their house, the five mm-hmm. megabits per second, the 10 megabits per second, and they start chopping it up and they mm-hmm. are connecting their neighbors. And then when, of course, there is a, uh, a menu, a Premier League match being streamed live on a Sunday afternoon. Everyone is screaming. <laughs> everybody is crying in the building, yes. isn't it? <laughs> Because the connection is Kufa. Mm. It is proper Kufa mm. because there is more people using it than theoretically possible. Yes. So this fair usage policy is to assist the network operator to provide the best possible experience for the mm-hmm. vast majority of the customers. Mm-hmm. The only people that are being punished are exactly the people that I was just describing. So the people that are reselling and cutting up their internet connection. Um, so something Now, another... for these people, for mm-hmm. these entrepreneurs, there is, there is alternatives. Mm-hmm. They may not like it, but if you're a, these are businesses, they're not individuals. They are using a, a consumer product for business purposes. Mm-hmm. Guess what? If you're an entrepreneur, if you're in business, Look at all the different elements. Safaricom also offers business packages. These business packages do not have the fair usage policy. So they are truly mm-hmm. unkept. They're unlimited. Yes, they mm-hmm. are a bit more expensive. That is absolutely true. But if you cut up your connection and you, you know, serve five of your neighbors and you charge every neighbor a G, mm-hmm. That means that 5K is coming yeah. in. Now, that is, of course, nice if you don't pay 2.9, so you, you keep 2Gs in your pocket. But if you have another connection that is actually providing better quality, you can charge more to mm-hmm. your end customer. And provide better service. And still make mm-hmm. a healthy coin. Um, yes. Okay. I, I get that uh, now that you have actually basically almost answered all the questions that I had. Uh, <laughs> which I truly appreciate. Ah. Uh, because then... It, Yes, <laughs> I mean you're an entrepreneur, you so you're trying to. I'm just just something that came up when when you're speaking about these reseller packages, uh, the people who are becoming entrepreneurs on top of Safaricom's at uh, the Safaricom's expense. Someone mm-hmm. might argue that uh, they're basically also trying to democratize the service. They're trying to ensure that everyone is uh, is able to access. And and I know you mentioned that yes, you, uh, companies will still have business packages where they can get uh, that business package and share it. Then someone else might argue the case whereby uh, we we stay within the same locality. Then we decide let's take a five MB per second package and share it amongst our you know our three neighbors. What would be wrong with such a situation? Because now it feels like the fair use policy is also targeting similar people, um, you know, who are making that kind of arrangement. Like you said, people in Kibera might not be able to afford the bronze package, but if three of uh, you know three people staying together decide, okay, let's try to 
you know take up this cost and uh, and share it what will be don't you see like they're being punished by this um fair use policy yeah um i see your point um there is no easy answer to that um the um most mm. internet service providers across the planet uh, I've, I've worked in, in, in various countries, um, both uh, developed markets as well as lesser developed markets. Um, but say most of the, uh, the ISPs still have a traditional model. And the traditional model is I have a consumer proposition and it is therefore um, say, tailored towards say, ACB, so a mm-hmm. router in someone's home. And that home is confined to that home and that router is is providing the internet for that home. It is um, not the intention that that router then has, say, three additional routers with wires plugged into it, and all of a sudden it serves four homes. Because guess what? I have my business proposition that is slightly more upmarket, so it's a bit more expensive, but probably comes with a couple of additional bells and whistles. So there is no capping of data, there is no throttling, there is, um, and it's. Uh, less contention, so it's a higher quality bandwidth that is being provided. So it's shared with less people upstream, so to speak, and that is better suited for this type of entrepreneurial behavior. Mm-hmm. I think the, the 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 whole so 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 that's how traditional ISPs okay. operate, and that's to some extent also what Safaricom and JTL and Zuko are replicating. So they're they're not doing anything much different from what you see in the on, on the rest of the planet. However, I think where the rubber meets the road, where it becomes a, a friction mm. point, is that it clearly shows that yeah. in Kenya, to some extent, the, the model is broken and broken to the extent that the internet, so fixed home internet, is still prohibitive in costing. And therefore... Um, Sharing is for a lot of people the only way to actually to be able to afford their internet Internet, connection, Mm -hmm. even when they live in the slightly more upmarket areas. And um, say from an from an end user Mm -hmm. perspective, then one could argue, yeah, so that's that's why this fair usage policy is prohibitive and it's punishing from from a global perspective and from an operator perspective and from a majority of the customer's perspective, Mm -hmm. it is not. Mm -hmm. Because I think, again, I don't work for Safaricom. I don't have access to their network Mm -hmm. or or their boxes or or insights, but I'm I'm just trying to reason and to to apply logic as I see it also within our network. I still believe that probably... And using the Pareto principle, so it's an 80-20 rule. Okay. I'm, I'm fairly certain that 80%, if not more, of their subscriber base, of their customers, are using the internet just for their own home. So it's, it's, it's one CPE in one home used okay. by one family, only the people within the confines of that home. 80% of their base. So, so what they're doing is they are introducing something mm-hmm. to improve the quality of service for 80% of their customer base. Um, I think as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you should focus on your majority, not on the outliers. You do have a product for the outliers, which is your business product. If 
Mm. Say, if these people then say, but your business product is too expensive, I can therefore no longer afford. Yeah, that's something that as a company, then you can take into consideration whether you need to adjust your... So it is more looking at, say, whether you want to adjust your pricing rather than your methodology. Because I think fundamentally, to Mm -hmm. serve, to better serve 80% of your customer base is the right thing to do. So from a methodology perspective, I think they're on the right track. Whether it is still prohibitive pricing for... A, mm-hmm. a subset of their customer base. That's something that they may take may take into consideration. You know, having said that, of course, you know, right now I'm, I'm I'm preaching for my own approach. Uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, um, that's where say, POA comes in. So we operate in markets where we understand that people are sharing. We uh, we don't mind because our our mission, our vision is to mm-hmm. connect every home in Africa eventually. Um, so the more, the merrier. If together with these tech-savvy hustlers, mm-hmm. with these entrepreneurial minds, we can come up with a, a method, a way that all of us benefit. So there is the end user mm-hmm. so the, um, that has a package that is, say, affordable for them, the the, the tech-savvy hustler in the middle is making a coin and we, in return, are making a coin, then it all works fine. But you you, you must understand that if, if one CPE, uh, in our case, only generates 1,500 shillings and, uh, and it's being maxed out, then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. A, it may provide <laughs> a poor experience for the people who are sharing that connection and B, <clears throat> Um, eventually, um, we as a business are no longer sustainable. That's true. I think these are one of the... This feels like a good moment to switch gears and get to hear a few sentiments from panelists at the Lawyers Hub webinar. The panel consisted of Mr. Franklin Ocharo from Safaricom, Ben Roberts from Liquid Telecom, Liz Orembo from Kicktanet, and Robin Busolo, a representative from the Communication Authority of Kenya. First off, we will start with Franklin Ocharo. He is the head of Home and Consumer IoT at Safaricom, and we wanted to get some of the reason why this policy was introduced. Good overview he's given on the case, uh, case against uh, fair use policy, and just immediately address uh, so the elephant in the room with the new policies that we just uh, announced uh, a few weeks ago. So just going back to what has been highlighted, the case for fair use is to is largely on the customer experience to ensure that we're able to deliver a great service uh, to customers without a few users uh, hogging the network, uh, thereby impacting the experience of other users. And for this, uh, it's based on how we've uh, designed uh, the network. We've designed the network to serve a certain number of users and there's anticipated traffic that we expect to come from it. What happens is when you have uh, one or few users generating abnormal traffic, then in in, in essence, it affects uh, the other users along the line. So what uh, we've done in setting up a fair use policy is putting it at a limit that having observed uh, the usage of our customers, especially during the pandemic, when we saw usage really go up, we looked at what point uh, we believe a normal user can consume uh, for the different packages if they're just doing uh, their normal uh, home office uh, services. So for example, in the case of a student who's consuming that service, we've taken that assumption and seen they're on a video streaming server and they can do a bit of entertainment, then seeing they won't reach uh, that uh, fair use policy and that's what we've used to, uh, to set uh, at that limit. So the objective is not 
to limit customers, but in essence, to make sure we can provide great experience uh, to all our, our customers. Second, why it has come at this point is when you are giving more speeds, it provides uh, more opportunity uh, for uh, what I'd call redistribution of the service. And you also observed this uh, when we doubled the speeds last year. And that's why to make sure that we don't tell you, you now have higher speeds, then you experience worse experience uh, because of the possibility of uh, more traffic being injected into the network. We try to arrive at a position that uh, can enable uh, customers get these services better. Lastly, I'll talk on the business aspect uh, of offering this service. And uh, to point to that, looking at the numbers uh, Victor just uh, presented, in perspective, based on the 2019, uh, the latest census we've had, we are covered just 3% of the households, all the operators put together. We are just at 3% uh, coverage. Even if we say, let's knock off all households without electricity, it's just 6% coverage. So we are still a long way uh, we still have a long way to go to providing fixed internet to uh, households in this country. So how do, we, how do we motivate investment in this sector? Motivating investment, we need to look at whether the providers can get a fair return uh, based on the investment that has been made into it. And that's where reselling becomes an issue. Because when you put out an investment, you connect, say, an apartment block of 50 homes, then three users take the top package and rewire the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the apartment block then it means you, you are getting very little compared to what you expected out of it. And in turn, this then hinders continued investment out of this. And what you'd want is a balance, a balance between that. How do you have an ecosystem where you can offer the service, get a fair return out of it, which will then motivate investment and even attract more players uh, into this country to connect homes. And that's why we look at the issue of reselling as bad for the industry as a whole, and not uh, and not an issue that would just affect us will not just affect us directly. As you can imagine, most Kenyans had a different view, and Liz Orembo from Kicktanet shared a different angle on the topic. Uh, but that's not it. What I'm, what I'm going to say here is my own uh, uh, my my own views, and uh, not for any uh, any organization. Now, to be fair, uh, ISPs, just like any other private company, uh, are in this business to make profit. Uh, that means. It has to make uh, it has to make money sense at the end of the day, and when you are talking about uh, fair usage policies, uh, let's not just talk about uh, the big players like Safaricom, Zuku, the ones who who uh, have already big shares in the market, but let's also talk about uh, the small players, uh, the ones who buy uh, huge limited uh, bandwidth from from. Uh, uh, from Akina Ben, and then they sell it uh, to others. Some call them internet mutu, uh, but some uh, are just uh, legit businesses. So yeah, and these players have been so important uh, in the industry because they, they've also improved access, especially where the big players have, have done their studies and actually determined that uh, it would not make a good business sense for them to, to distribute uh, or uh, to, to reach out their services in those areas. So they've actually come in and actually proven to these other big players that everyone, everyone actually has a thirst for unlimited internet. So when you look at Nairobi areas, usually it's first the small players who come in and then after the market has grown, then you start seeing the bigger players now coming in to, 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 to get into that share of the market. So we should also look beyond. And also when we are talking about these policies, also have a, 
uh, how these small players also covered uh, in the fair usage policies, because uh, most of these customers of, uh, of the small players are also affected by the bandwidth. And usually they don't have these policies to regulate. So you find problems like uh, uh, network outage. So if someone is using heavy bandwidth and uh, it's, it's usually even a challenge for them. So yeah, uh, the way you've, uh, everyone has just presented here, uh, I think Safaricom, Zuko and, uh, and uh, Telcom, Liquid Telcom, usually do a study before they, they, they come up with the, with, the, with the capping of their internet. And uh, like three, uh, let's say a household uses 350 gigs the way you've uh, just presented at Lawyers Hub, but uh, that will also mean that uh, the, the, the 3000 package for the Safaricom will not fit for very many households. Uh, that will mean that uh, for most households, they ha they'll have to go for the higher packages. First, is that affordable for for all the household for most households in Kenya? Number two is uh, fair usage policies punishes all users. The other thing that uh, the other alternative, which has also been laid out here and also Zuku uses, is. Uh, to automatically detect the ones who are who are heavy bandwidth user and uh, proactively cap their usage, and uh, there are some concerns with this uh, because uh, of course there'll be, there'll be privacy implications to that, and that's why uh, the likes of Safaricom will put uh, will put a blanket fair usage policy for everyone. That doesn't mean that uh, uh, that that all users are punished just in case you go beyond that cap. That's when uh, you'll have the throttling. So to that point, I've supported uh, the, the, the private sector where I'll not really support them is uh, how they develop the, the fair usage policies and how they implement them. Uh, it's a bit similar to what WhatsApp did. Uh, they knew that they had a bigger market share. They've, uh, They've had a bait for the users and now they just give you uh, policies on your face and uh, with immediate effect. And they know that you can't opt out because uh, you're heavily relying on that service, which is a very uh, bad approach from uh, an ethics uh, point of view. Uh, when you're signing into a contract, you should, you should have, uh, you should have uh, a reasonable amount of time for you to to change into the other terms uh, of that contract you're signing to, and you, you should also have uh, consent. So to this to this case, there's no informed consent as per the uh, uh, from the user's point of view because uh, with for example in Safaricom the policies are changed by by March, and that means if you're a subscriber in the middle of the month, then what options do you have? Even if you're a heavy bandwidth user, yeah. So I don't think there was a there was a, a consumer information uh, and uh, just uh, consent from that end, and that would be uh, and that would raise a lot of uh, ethical questions uh, in it. Again, I think uh, this one Ben mentioned in um, 
in one of the conversations, I think on LinkedIn, that we still don't have uh, uh, infrastructure in place for, for heavy bandwidth user. And that really speaks a lot when it comes to uh, the next generations of technologies and usage, uh, things like 5G and IoT. Uh, that's something that you can look into uh, by the regulator and even, of course, with assistance uh, from uh, the industry. Yeah, I think that's it. We needed to hear what the communication authority, the governing body that is in charge of telcos in Kenya, had to say. And Robin Busolo, being the representative, shared his perspective on this particular new introduction of the fair use policy. I work with the communications authority. Indeed, it's a great pleasure to receive communications from my director general, General Masiwanjao. It's been a concern that this is indeed a, a, a key issue. As a regulator, I'll just give a brief overview of what communication authority is before I delve into the, the key issue that is under discussion today. Communications authority is, is a regulator, is a statutory body set up under the Kenya Information and Communications Act, which was set up in 1998. It has a broad mandate spanning various responsibilities, regulating communica radio communications, which is a subject matter of discussion here, postal and courier services, cybersecurity, broadcasting, and beyond these key subsectors that are under regulation, within the purview of regulation, we manage competition within the ICT sector and naturally within regulation of competition, we have the interests of the consumers of ICTs in mind. So the Communications Authority, again, has an important mandate in protecting the interests of the consumers. Why is it important that the subject of ISPs, ISPs is under the purview of the authority? Indeed, under the licensing function of the Communications Authority, we do license and regulate the telecommunications company. The data company is Faricom. We have representation here at the Aliquitel. They're all beyond what we, what we license them through a system called the Unified Licensing Framework, where now they can set up infrastructure and they can set up voice and data services. Beyond that, beyond the infrastructure license, we grant the, these telecommunications operators what we call an internet service provider's license. And this license, upon successful application, they, this license comes inherent with terms and conditions there. Now, once they, they become successful as internet service providers, we, they, they have the license conditions and terms which beyond now the licensing functions authority has the mandate of compliance and ensuring that indeed there's conformity with the licensing terms and conditions. So in terms of now the ISPs rolling out the data services to their consumers, we have a tariff regulation mandate as well, where now whatever terms and conditions that they'll enter into with their subscribers, and the, whatever cost that, this, that the internet service provider will deem fit to charge the consumers, as a regulator, it behoves them to now come and file the intended cost with the, with the, with the, with the regulator. So we have a tariff mandate, and it's guide, guided and governed by what is contained in the Kenya Information Communications tariff regulations. So the ISPs have a responsibility to file their tariffs that they intend to charge the consumers with the, with the communication, with the regulator for information. Whenever they file the, the, the tariffs or the costs that they intend to charge, it's been practiced that they reserve their rights to, to amend or change the terms and conditions that they intend to, that they've entered into the subscribers. So again, 
when 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 it becomes necessary on the part of the of the ISP provider to change or amend the terms and conditions that they've that they've entered into the subscriber, there's a procedure again in compliance with the with the license terms and conditions that they need to file with the communications authority, which internally we call a file and use doctrine. So whenever there's a proposed change of any term and condition, in this case, what we are discussing here is fair usage policy is whenever they in intend to, to change the terms under this doctrine of fair usage, all they need to do is communicate to the regulator the intended change for concurrence and information. You realize that the remit of the authority in terms of interfering with the proposed change is really limited because we, the, the authority does not have, we're not privy to the terms and conditions in, to the terms and conditions within which the ISP provider will enter into between the the ISP and the licensees. But in the event that the license, the subscriber or the consumer is not happy or feels that the imposed change is, is detrimental, prejudicial, or unfair, again, within our, the regulator's consumer protection mandate, they are at liberty to come to the regulator and inform and basically lodge a complaint, as it were, to the communications authority. We have a consumer complaints handling mechanism where now once such a complaint or concern observation as to a proposed change of policy is received, then we have internal mechanisms on how we'll ensure that this particular observation, concern or, or complaint will be resolved at the end of the day. So it's, it's in that regard that we, we will ensure that the interests of the consumers are, are, are protected and the interests of our, of our, the interests of our licenses are protected. So to that extent, the authorities Remit is not cannot go beyond what is contained in the license terms and conditions, and we cannot interfere in, in the contract between the licensee and the subscriber. But the licensee, but the subscriber, at the end of the day, if he or she feels that is inconvenienced, he needs to approach the licensee as a first port of call. So you cannot ordinarily approach the the the, the communications authority, the regulators, as a first. If you have plans and, and that particular mechanism, if you feel unhappy, then come to the authorities. A second port of call, they will help. Will help as it is. But again, just to touch on what the panelists have said, there's need for, for 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 consumer awareness on these issues. And so just to mention some key issues, it's important for a consumer to appreciate fair usage and what a data limit is concerned. So there's an issue of a data cap allowance which basically is a specific amount of data which which you can use in each billing period which with, with penalties so there's, there's an appreciation consumers need to appreciate distinctions between fair usage and the data limit and the need further to appreciate that the existence of a data limit should be made very clear when you sign up to a broadband service there's also need to for consumers to appreciate what an acceptable usage is so there's a doctrine of fair usage and there's a doctrine of acceptable usage so again, it behoves now the, our licenses, the internet service providers, to go that extra mile and inform their consumers on these key issues. What is fair usage and what is acceptable usage? And the, the consumers further need to understand what is the impact of the fair use policy and what, what, what happens if you're affected. Then there are some options where you can decide now to, to either combat an issue like that, you can decide now to either choose an ISP which has unlimited services. So all these things are, from a consumer perspective, is really a discussion issue. And I'll, I'll, I'll urge our internet service providers to actually do a lot of public awareness and stakeholder engagement with the consumers so that they appreciate
So of course, um, Safaricom buys internet from someone, okay, like um, Seacom and the others. And also, we have people who buy internet from Safaricom, then resell it directly. And these are the kind of people who Safaricom was trying to target. Lastly, we will get a bit technical. Forgive us for this. With Ben Roberts tackling the resellers. Um, we, as Liquid Telecom, we haven't got a, a great deal of, of fiber to the home uh, in this country, but we've done uh, pretty large deployments of fiber to the home in Zimbabwe, Zambia, uh, Uganda, Rwanda. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been involved in uh, a lot of the high level planning and strategy behind building out um, the Pan, uh, Pan African network and also, you know, some of these fiber to the home um, products. So it's exactly like Franklin has described, I think. But, you know, I want to sort of drill down into sort of some of the underlying principles behind these sharing things that we're talking about. So, so first of all, um, it was mentioned at the beginning in the, in the opening presentation around, um, you know, bandwidth being a highly scarce resource. Now, um, in, a, in a radio network like, like uh, 3G or 4G, or um, you know, satellite networks, the actual uh, bandwidth is, is linked to a, a quantity of spectrum, um, which you know, is, is, in, is in megahertz, but then you have a certain amount of data that can be delivered in megabits per second. You have what we call efficiency, you know, efficiency of the spectral efficiency of how many megabits you can deliver per megahertz. Uh, this is enhanced with uh, you know, cellular infrastructures, uh, and, and it becomes about how many base stations you put up. So, but ultimately you've got a, you know, what is a fairly tight and expensive resource. So you have to share that um, in, a, in a different way. So, so operators tend to share this by selling it by the gigabyte. They sell it by the quantity, just like electricity. Um, if we sell electricity onto a grid, you know, we, we've got a resource. It's cost us money to generate that resource. Uh, so we sell that by the kilowatt hour, by the unit cost. When we get to home broadband fiber, uh, the economics are, are actually type different because there's two, Two economic factors, right? One is the, the cost of what we call it, you know, uh, IP transit, international bandwidth, whatever you want to call it. But it's the cost per megabits per second of a bandwidth um, delivered at the data center by the speed. So there's a common practices in how this is calculated and how they're sold. But we have a certain cost, a, a wholesale market cost of one of megabits per second at the major data centers in Nairobi costs. Um, and then we have another piece of economics, which is the last mile economics. In the, in the space of fiber to the home, it's around exactly, I mean, Franklin put it very well when he's talking about motivating investment and getting return on investment. Um, you know, we can't build more, we'd love to build more fiber in Kenya, but we've not found sufficient return on investment to build fiber. This is why we've not built here. Safaricom have ventured into that uh, and we've, we've done it in other countries. But you know, if you can't, um, if you can't get return on investment, you can't carry on building more. Um, and so each property you pass with fixed brand or infrastructure costs you a certain amount per house passed. We say per house passed, and then you get an additional incremental amount per house connected. Um, so let's say for each house passed, each house you put fiber to in Kenya, it might cost you around $500, 50,000 shillings for each home passed. Now, if um, you then uh, pass a thousand homes and 30% of those homes take up your service, then you've probably got a case for, um, you know, return on investment there and you can, you can generate an acceptable business. 
if only 5% of homes take up that, 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 those service and you know, some of those uh, just use more bandwidth and sell it to their neighbors, unfortunately, you don't have a business case for reinvestment. So it really kills this, this, this thing of, of resellers reselling on the network. They're not resellers. You know, they, they, they are, um, they're buying a product which is designed for an individual and then they are um, abusing that product to, to distribute it, you know, unfairly share, you know, unfairly sharing across uh, the network. They're not encouraging investment. We need, you know, more to be done about this, really. But they, they don't just uh, resell bandwidth, but they do illegal things. You know, they use KPLC poles, they put their own fiber up, and they do dangerous things. You know, so we, we've had people cutting into our fiber, running it into KPLC poles illegally, uh, and without any authorization from KPLC. This is a danger to public health. Um, so let's not put these as any guys we want to defend here. I'm here to defend uh, the industry and the broadband industry. And, you know, maybe there were a few, um, there are some legitimate users who might be heavy users of bandwidth, uh, particularly video gamers can be higher users than others. Uh, they might be playing online. They might be online a lot of the time doing uh, voice calls, video gaming, downloading large downloads. Um, but really they're, you know, the video gamers or, or families, large families who've got a lot of devices in the home, who mum and dad are watching Netflix while five kids are upstairs with their own tablets, they also might be a heavy user using it legitimately. But in the main, you know, as, as Franklin described, we as operators, we do our homework, we find out what a, uh, a normal user is going to be, um, is going to be using, we set our product with acceptable uh, limits and fair usage policies to cater for their needs. The one terabyte that, that is in these Safaricom packages is quite a lot. Um, it's quite a generous offer. Uh, I'm not here to promote my competition, but it is quite a good offer, right? Um, and, um, you know, there are a few legitimate users who might use more than one TB. I'm probably one of those. I've got 50 or so devices connected in the house, smart TVs, um, audio systems, smart home, CCTV. I probably use a bit more than a terabyte. Um, but not a lot more. Um, but, you know, most people who are using over a terabyte are bad actors. Uh, people who are uh, downloading movies to rip them onto DVDs so they can illegally sell DVDs and pirate copies. That's a good example. Resellers is another one. They're mostly people who are doing things that are not within the terms and conditions of the product, not legal things. Um, but, you know, uh, it would. It, 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 I think it is good to have... Um, you know, look at what might be some of the uh, legitimate uses. And, you know, we, we do have devices which can do more detailed allocations. So we can allocate more people more bandwidth for, for Zoom calls. We can allocate people more bandwidth for video gaming. We as operators, we differentiate ourselves by doing different packages uh, in, in fair ways. Often we don't publish the details of FUPs. Um, and it's been brave of Safaricom to publish their limits. Um, but uh, um, it's obviously uh, developed some backlash. But uh, I think. Um, I'm happy for us to be transparent and more transparency should be encouraged. This panel was very insightful and they provided clear perspectives on what it really means to introduce this fair usage policy. And of course, because we had Ocharo in the panel, people were able to ask questions directly to him and put Safaricom on the spotlight. The whole session is found on the Lawyers Hub YouTube page. I would highly recommend you watching it. Let's switch back to Mr. DJ. I think these are one of the one of the things that um, came up, and most people were trying to argue out was the idea of selling the packages as unlimited. Will it still be considered an unlimited package? Uh, 
or are the advertising and packages far fetched uh, that was something that most people most Kenyans literally took uh, uh, you know i feel it felt like it's a lie to be told that uh you're being given an unlimited package do you really have something like unlimited package uh um what would you comment on that yeah so uh, with the risk of that we're entering into a a, a sem- debate around semantics and philosophy because um, <laughs> uh, unlimited as a whole as a concept does not exist anywhere because there is always yes. a constraint and either the constraint is time you know because it's not an unlimited package because it runs out after 30 days. So there is a limitation, 30 days. Um, mm-hmm. There is another mm-hmm. limitation as well. You know, the, 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 the dimension of the pipe, so the, the, the bandwidth. So let's take the theoretical. Uh, we offer four megabits. So I, I know the calculation with four megabits by heart. So, so, so bear with me. Mm-hmm. I can multiply by two. So, so let's take the Safaricom bronze package right now. It's, it's, it's no, let's, let's go with, four. No, no, no. let's go with no, four. No. Let's go with your no, package. Let's, let's go with eight. <laughs> let's because Safaricom fair okay. usage policy is, is the model here, right? So yes, eight megabits per second. If you were to max it out. So let's say for argument's sake that there is a tech savvy hustler that does torrenting. Mm-hmm. No? And he is because he runs a DVD shop, and we both know yes, the concept yes. and the model <laughs> quite intimately. Uh, yes. So, is is torrenting like a lunatic on a twenty four seven three sixty five basis? If you have eight megabits per second, and he has got it maxed out twenty four seven for thirty days straight, this person will consume two point six terabytes. Of data because if you do eight megabits per second times 60 seconds times 60 minutes times 24 hours times 30 days divide mm-hmm. by eight to go from megabits to megabytes you will end up mm-hmm. I've done the math 2.6 terabytes now one could argue 500 gigabytes is much less than 2.6 terabytes but if you mm-hmm. and I use our internet connection in the house and during the day we do zoom calls from nine to six and in the evening we netflix again probably a shared connection because we use the password of our neighbors and we split the cost (laughs) 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 and and we netflix from from seven to uh to eleven and uh, in the meantime Mm -hmm. there is someone else in the house that also does some youtube and whatnot we will probably use, uh, on average, 300 gigabytes per month. Mm. So, 500. Mm-hmm. So, so, unlimited doesn't exist because even forget about the fair use fair uses policy. The limitation is 30 days. After 30 days, it stops. So there is a limitation. There is a second limitation. Mm-hmm. The dimension of the pipe maxes it out at 2.6 terabytes. So what is unlimited? It's everyone's interpretation of unlimited. And I get it. I mean, again, Mm. I am a consumer as well, and I'm a human being, and I use my brain and interpretation in a certain way. Um, Would I feel um, lied to? I can see the use case. But Mm -hmm. again, if you know that 
80% of the people will never hit that threshold. They will never ever get to 500 gigabytes, no matter what they do. Then it's not really a limitation, now, isn't it? Then it's still unlimited because yeah. I can mm -hmm. do whatever it is that I want without being constrained mm. whatsoever. So mm. it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, yeah, it's, I it's, totally know with, with that with that, there's two sides yeah. to every coin for that matter. Yeah. When you say it like that it 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 actually makes a lot of sense. Like there's um Yes, there is a limit because you're trying to use resources and uh, we don't have anything like unlimited resources. And and, and, and and there's something that you also mentioned that um, the ISPs like you, you know your users, you know what kind of a consumption they can be able to do. Uh, something that also came up was why then not identify these users and sort of create a punishment kind of for those specific users? Will that be, will that be too much for the companies? Will that be too much for the ISPs? But that's what they're doing. But then, okay, that is that is that is exactly what they are doing. Mm. So, again, I am absolutely convinced that the majority of the home home internet users will never hit that threshold. So they will continue to use their internet the same way as they did before, mm. happily, and it will feel to them as if it was unlimited because it was unlimited yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I'm still doing the same thing today, so it's equally unlimited. Nothing has changed fundamentally, mm. just some wording. <laughs> I mean, guess what? WhatsApp, Facebook, they change their end-user license agreement all the time. Mm -hmm. Does it really change your behavior using WhatsApp and Facebook? Mm. Probably not. Mm -hmm. So it is the same, it's the same thing as you did yesterday, day before yesterday, etc. So the people who are punished, to use your words, you know, the people that after 20 days hit or after 10 days mm -hmm. hit the 500 gigabytes mm -hmm. and therefore get throttled, mm -hmm. I am fairly mm -hmm. certain they will call Safaricom or Safaricom will call them mm -hmm. and say, hey, I see that you've hit your threshold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What can we do about it? Well, step one is that maybe you move from the, from the bronze to the silver package so you can actually double your fair usage policy. Mm -hmm. um, or you may want to have a look what it is that you are doing. Is it is it a single household or are you cutting things up? Um, and possibly you want to migrate to one of our business partners. Okay. I think you've cleared the air. Well, I'm glad that I could and that you have allowed me to. And and again, so just, just to put things in perspective, I, I do get where people, um, you know, I, I understand that people may feel um, disadvantaged. I may. I understand that people may feel punished, but um, in the Netherlands we've got an expression that is, you know, don't scream before you actually get hit. So, um, um, I, I would strongly advise to, to to look at the bigger picture and and actually see where everything is coming from, because I don't think in this case it is necessarily. Uh, Safaricom being the big bad wolf, and because they are the dominant player, they're trying to impose. Uh, bad things onto us and therefore maximizing their profits and, 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 and you know, and, and squeezing a coin out of the machinani. No, I think, I think in this case, in all fairness, from a, and, and I have as many doubts about their motto as you do probably with their uh, transparent, mm -hmm. honest and simple. I think in this case, they have actually been very, very transparent mm -hmm. because guess what? The other ISPs also have fair usage policies mm -hmm. in place. 
It's mm. just that they choose to be vague and wishy-washy uh, about it. Okay, yeah, that's true. I, I I use one of the other players and I experience that. <laughs> yeah, so I see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, DJ. I mean, this is this has been quite insightful and and just learning and having a a bit of understanding of how the FUP they introduce FUP because it has been quite confusing as you can imagine. Kenyans have been trying to to understand it, uh, and this has I believe this is going to be. Uh, you know, provide that perspective from the ISPs and and also to show consumers that you cannot hit 500 gigs. I mean, averagely, uh, you'll get most users will use about 10 gigs a day. So uh, that's fairly enough. Uh, so meaning a month, that's around 300. Basically, your math was actually accurate. Yeah. So thank you. Thank uh-huh. you one more time. <laughs> I don't know if you have something else. If Yeah. So for, for, for guys, uh, maybe you want, what will be your, your, your last message to to people and people who want to use poor internet. So for, for people that want to use poor internet, are um, say um, they can they can reach us uh, through our customer service channel. Um, we've got a Facebook page, we've got a Twitter handle, we've got something on IG, uh, as well as uh, a, a WhatsApp for business number zero seven three zero seven six two seven six two. So that is oh seven three zero and then poa poa. Uh, if you if you do oh. letters, it becomes poor. Um, um, there, they can update you on the latest uh, latest uh, coverage footprint, so, so where we actually have coverage, and then we can see if we can be of service for the for the people that are interested. Um, uh, we have a four megabits per second uh, uh, home internet subscription that runs for thirty days that gives you four megabits per second. And at this point in time, we don't have any fair mm-hmm. use to polish. <laughs> it is unlimited. <laughs> That's about 1.3 TB. Uh, very accurate, uh, Dixon. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, DJ. I really enjoyed speaking to you, and I was really happy that you accepted this uh, under a very short notice. And uh, I was really happy that you said yes. And you actually came and shared with us uh, your well, knowledge. It, it has been absolutely my pleasure, Dixon, and it's good to uh, to circle back to you after so many years. It's uh, it's nice to, uh, to yeah. see uh, your face and hear your voice again. Uh, pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, We had a long chat with him. The extra conversation that I had with him regarding his career switch, the move to Kenya, his involvement with Equitel, and so much more will be available on Acute Premium. Subscribe to this and other shows on acute.co.ke. You can also find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and other online podcast platforms. Thanks a lot for everyone who made this production a success. To Mr. DJ, thank you so much for your insights and your time. And also, we appreciate Lawyers Hub for the amazing work that you are doing. (laughs) 